0: Aren't you so glad that God is amazing? Amen? Thank you, praise team. Enjoyed that of how just amazing God is in our lives. Even when we're not obedient, He's still amazing to us. Amen? Still loves us. Still still draws us every day. And I'm thankful that we serve a God like that today. Going to be preaching a couple sermons on just the warfares that we have. Amen? We have spiritual attacks that come against us. I was watching... Uh, there was a premiere on um, History Channel this last week on the World Wars. I don't know if any of y'all saw that or not. With the four or five different uh, world leaders—Hitler and Mussolini and and Roosevelt and and uh, who was. Uh, Church. Churchill. That's the one I love. Churchill, all the time. Lord Churchill. Yeah, I just loved it. In one one part, in one part of Churchill, it seemed like Hitler was going to attack and conquer the world. He was going after Russia. He done conquered many of the countries over in Europe. Just about every one of them, and they like one island left, and it was Great Britain. And Hitler really thought that Churchill was seen that, you know, when you look out there and you see the whole world on this side of the world is almost conquered by Nazis, that Churchill will just give up and he'll just give us the country to him. And I love that speech that he spoke where he said, we will never, never, never surrender this great land of ours. And sometimes we need to be that away in our spiritual walk with God. We need to tell the devil sometimes that that we will never, never, never surrender. Amen. Because Jesus Christ will never leave me, he'll never forsake me, amen. He'll never give up on me. And so we need to we are in spiritual warfare, whether you believe it or not, whether you understand what spiritual warfare is, that's why I entitled this A World War Inside of Me. Because we all are every day, there's a spiritual warfare. How many of y'all believe that? There is a spiritual man. I'm on preaching some marriage day. We may not think of it as spiritual warfare, but the devil is out there and he's alive and well. He's very active inside our church, outside the church, on our jobs, in our schools. The Bible calls him the Prince of the Air, the God of this world, the Accuser of the Brethren. He's a roaring lion. He's an adversary. He's an enemy. He's a dragon. Many, many words that the Bible has for Satan. I just want to let you know today that you are, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, you are in spiritual warfare. Every day as a child of God, we get up there as you are involved in a spiritual warfare. Let's all stand and we're going to go to... uh, Just leave them right there, Michelle, as we go to Ephesians. I want you to look at this before I go. The names of Satan... Throughout, and this is just a few of them that I give, or there's many, many more. Go home and Google Bible verses about Satan, and it'll, you'll see how many verses in the Bible. So if you believe there's not no devil, you need to go to God's Word. Amen? The devil is alive and he is real. Now, he doesn't, he's not going to jump out of your devil ham can with a pitchfork and run after you this week. He's going to come in many different forms. Revelation 12.10 says he's accuser of the brethren. 1 Peter 5.8 calls him an enemy, an adversary, a roaring lion. Matthew 1 just calls him the devil. Matthew 4.3 calls him the tempter. Revelation 12.9, the serpent. He's also called the serpent in Genesis chapter one or chapter 3. Uh, John 14.30 calls him the ruler of the world. Ephesians 2.2, 2, the prince and power of the air. Ephesians 6.11, there's schemes of the devil. 2 Timothy 2.26 talks about there is snares of the devil. Amen? So there's warfare every day. But, thank God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been armed. Amen? Amen. Armed. Locked. I hope you're locked and loaded this morning. Amen? God has given us, and in Ephesians 6, Paul starts off here, and we we all know this, we've heard this chapter many times, it's the armor of God. The only problem is God... Gives us the armor. He just doesn't make us wear them. It's up to us to wear the armor. It's up to us to pray. It's up to us to be in God's word. It's up to us to battle. And you think, well, I know some of y'all sinners saying, "Boy, I didn't know this Christian walk was a battle." It's a battle. You're just not recognizing it. God will give you the armor, but He won't put it on you. Put it on for you. Amen. Look what He says in verse ten of Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. I love that when he says, be strong in the Lord, not in the power of George V. strength, not in the power of Levi Kelly or Chad Haynes or Tim Holmes. Be strong in what? In the Lord, in His might. His might in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against here it is we don't just we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against rulers of darkness of this age against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand the devil in the evil day. And having it done all to stand. And I didn't give her no more. But that's, I won't go to 13. But I love this version. I read some of it to my class today. The same 10 verses here from Eugene Peterson. Y'all just listen to this in the message. It's in the message Bible. I love this. He starts off in verse 10. The same one that I just read. A fight. It's called a fight to the finish. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and He wants you strong. So take everything the Master has set for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you'll be able to stand, stand up to everything the devil throws at you. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps, a life-for-death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon of God has, been, has has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you will be standing on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You will need them throughout your life. God is, God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And then in verse 19 and 20 of that, he says, And don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say at the right time. Telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we just love You today. Lord, open our eyes up to things that are happening in our lives outside of church and outside of our jobs and things that we're going through. Maybe we're tired, exhausted. Lord, maybe some of us are depressed. Maybe we're just not going through and feeling like we used to be in our walk with You, Lord, when it was on fire and it was vibrant. And Lord, let us recognize the areas of spiritual warfare that the devil is attacking us in. He don't always come with pitchfork and arrows and even demons behind every bush, but he comes to us and attacks us in our minds. And Lord, I pray that we would recognize that spiritual warfare and also turn to You. Lord, as our Heavenly Father, Lord, we're covered by Your blood. And Lord, let's let the devil know today that the fight's been fixed. That we're covered by your blood, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love what Paul says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's through him God has given us. And we've heard, we've sung songs as children about the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. The gospel sh- uh, shot our feet with the gospel. All of these things that we've had that we know, but God has made them available for us to fight the devil. You say, if we're in a warfare, how am I going to go out there and fight? You're not going to fight the devil in flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle going on in the heavenlies. And just be thankful that you don't go through what you go through. That Think of the battles that Christ has won in the heavenlies that never make it down that we go through. If God just said, okay, I'm going to stop. You say, well, Brother George, this world we live in is terrible. This world we live in is just so sinful, it's so ugly. Just imagine if God quit fighting on our behalf in the heavenlies. He's just allowing us to go through the battles that He's allowed us to go through. And there's a warfare that each listen, each and every one of us. If you're a saved child of God this morning, don't expect you can just live your life and live God's will and do what you want to do. Use your gift. Uh, The church can just use our gifts in here. We can reach the community. We can fill this house up with saved folks. There's moves everywhere. Don't think that there's not going to be a battle. But listen, it's not going to just stand back and some of y'all my man, I want to use a gift for God. And God wants us to use our gift. But be, be ready. If there's a gift, you're going to, have to be in warfare. Any new ministry started in this church is going to be a warfare. There's going to be warfare every time the praise team practices. There's going to be warfare every time we get ready to assemble here as a church body. Something's going to happen. There's going to be warfare breakout. Because the devil doesn't want anything more to see for us to leave out of here this morning, having joy and peace and knowing what the will of God is for my life. If he we're all in spiritual warfare. And you say, "Well, I haven't shot at the devil lately, or he hasn't." I just don't believe in spiritual warfare. Well, let me give you a little example of just a little bit of spiritual warfare. Well, before I do that, go to First Peter five eight. Did I give you that one, Michelle? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. We all need to listen. I all talk about we got the armor of God, and we need to wear it, and we need I mean, we, we need to be aware of our weaknesses. Everybody in here has a weakness. Amen. Amen? Amen. Yes, we got victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, it, the, the, the war has ultimately been won. The devil just doesn't know it yet. But he's going to do everything he can do to battle after you and our weakness. Because all of us have weaknesses. Now, my weakness is different than Tim's weakness. Tim's weakness is different than Wanda's weaknesses. Amen? Noel has different weaknesses than Jerry. But he knows the devil sits back and this is the way he is. You ever seen a roaring lion? You ever seen it on TV? He's not roaring. When he comes up to a flock or a flock, to a herd of gazelle, they got wings. When he comes up to a herd of gazelles, he don't stand up on a hill and go. He's usually down in the crowns position and he's studying the whole herd. He's looking at every gazelle, and you know what he's looking for? He's looking for a weakness in that herd. He's going. That weakness. That, That is exactly he knows if he's gonna win, if he's gonna go after and get something to eat, and pounce on that little gazelle, whether it's a grown gazelle, a hurt gazelle, a baby gazelle, he studies for weaknesses. Can I tell you something today? The devil watches you when you leave this building. He watches you while you're in this building, he watches you on the job, he watches you everywhere you're at and looks at your weaknesses. He sits back and studies may not pounce on you in here in the middle of church. You say, well, Brother George, when I come to church, I don't feel like I'm in battle. I don't feel like there's no spiritual warfare. I'm not tired. I'm not depressed. I'm not, uh, not grappling at everybody. I'm not just hollering at everybody. I'm not taking it out on my kids. I'm not doing... You know why? It's because He's not studying us in here. He wants to pick us apart in our weaknesses when we're out away from the church building. And He studies your life and exactly... What your life is about and your weaknesses. And he looks. And at that right moment, because we all are going to let down, at that certain moment, that gazelle gets away from the mama, from the herd a little bit, that lion busts out of the brush. At that one weak moment when he knows that he doesn't have a chance, and he pounces on him. That's why Peter is saying be sober, be awake, be aware that you have a weakness. And we all have them. Because your enemy... He wouldn't call... Listen, the devil is your enemy. The powers and the principalities of darkness in wicked places. Guys, there's wickedness out there. And it doesn't always come into the form of a little guy in a red suit. Amen? It comes in many, many forms of spiritual warfare that we do. For example... How many of y'all did that? Probably did this this week. How many of y'all went to bed late? How many of y'all this last week went to bed tired? Here's where the devil starts. Here's how he starts. You go to bed and you're tired. And man, when I go to bed and I'm tired and I'll stay up to try to get sleepy, Nevin goes to bed, she's a nine o'clocker every night. Amen? I mean, every night she's on the dot I can I can I can be in my room whether I'm reading, watching ESPN in my man cave room, going to bed. Love you guys. Nine o'clock every night. Man, I can't do that. I think it's my HDD. I don't know. But if I went in there at nine o'clock, I would roll over this way, roll over that way, lay on my back. I'm thinking about what's going on. I got a busy day tomorrow and I lay there and I toss and turn and it's 12.30 before I go to sleep, so why not watch sports till 12.30? <laughs> Save the tossing and turning when I get sleepy, then I'll go to bed, because I'm the person, I'm on the go all the time, and I want to be so sleepy when I get up and I hit that pillow, I don't want to turn over more than once, I want to go to sleep. I hate tossing and turning in the bed. And the devil, listen, the roaring lion starts just right there by getting us, getting us just activating our minds of being late, and we're tired, and we can't sleep, and now, here we are, you wake up, and it seems like you wasn't in bed two hours. You wake up, and you're tired. Your mind's still tired. You're exhausted. Mentally and physically, you get up. you got to get all the kids together. You get them off to school, fix their breakfast, and before long, you're helping everybody else. You didn't eat nothing. And remember, oh, i got to put makeup on. So here's what i do. I'll get that at their six stoplights between here and my job. I can put it on. Amen. <laughs> hey the reason I know is I'm down here on 70 and I sit outside of Cricket's coffee shop. And I sit there and I watch people. I love doing this. Y'all, gonna, y'all look over there this week. I'm going to be waving at you. <laughs> I love sitting there watching people come up to the stoplight just to see what they're doing in their morning going to work. I have seen cherry <laughs> eating oatmeal at the stoplight. I see people reading at the stoplight. I see people putting makeup on. People fixing their ties, doing this. I mean just they're still getting ready, but they're on their way to work and they're still their mind is still rush, rush, rush. And you get to work, and then as soon as you get to work, somebody is waiting on you because they got a question. Oh, yeah. Or they need your help. So then you turn around and you help them, and then you're on the job and you help them and you talk with them, but then you realize it's almost 10 o'clock and you haven't got none of your work done and you're behind. And so you've got to hurry, and, and, and our mode is, go faster. And so by the time you realize that it, it's 1 o'clock and it's a late lunch... So then you've got to go eat lunch and you've got to squim it down real fast because you've got to be back in. You only have 30 minutes for lunch and you get back and it's quitting time and you're still behind. Having got it done, you go home. You're driving home and you're driving away home and if you're like me, you come off the bypass on the 270 from uh, uh, Bow Bridge to the stoplight at Piney at a certain time in the afternoon. It's bumper to bumper. I wish they built a bypass over McDonald's and over the stoplight, and you could get two seventy and go on. Amen. I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm waiting, and I'm in a hurry. I'm still in a hurry. You want to go? You got to get somewhere, but you're tired, more out, and you, and you say, "This man, I know y'all have all did it. When I get home tonight and get my stuff done and get so, I'm going to bed early. Well, here's what the devil does. You get home and you got to feed your family and get everything done. Then you got a kid playing baseball here. One over here. One at dance recitals. One going here. And before long, you fix the family supper and you eat and you go and you go all of these things. And you get back home and by then it's 8 or 9 o'clock. You get the kids in the bath. Get everything done. Get them in the bed. You flop around and I was going to bed early. Here it is, 12 o'clock again. You're laying in bed at 12 o'clock and you feel no better than you did the night before. You're still behind. You're Now that you're thinking about all the things that went on the job today and, and you're worried about other people's lives. How many of y'all ever worry about other people and other things? Well, I hope they can do this. I hope, that, I hope they get this right. I hope they go here. I hope, I hope... And you're laying in bed and you're wary, wary. And at that moment, whether you know it or not, don't believe me, there's no such thing as spiritual warfare. Because the devil has got you busy and burdened and worried about everybody else. Because see, here's what happens in exhaustion and tiredness and spiritual warfare. The devil wants to make it all about you. And sometimes you've got to tell him, it ain't about you, honey boo boo. (laughs) Amen? He wants it to be all about you. You're tired. You're hurting. You're behind. You need this. You need this. And it makes you cranky. And then before long, when you get tired and exhausted, and it's spiritual warfare, it starts in the mind, then you start blaming everything on everybody else. Then you start complaining and blaming things on your kid, your husband, your wife, your boss. And then before long, the devil takes it a step further in spiritual warfare. You get up the next day, you're so tired and on the way to work, I hate my job. I hate my boss. Me and my husband's not getting along. He better straighten up or he's going to ship out. <laughs> Nobody can do nothing right. And then all of a sudden, it's all about you again. You're the only one that can do it right. And it's all about you. And the devil's got you on the way to work. As soon as you get to work, it's the same thing over again. It just repeats itself. Exhaustion and tiredness is spiritual warfare. If he can keep your mind clicking... And keep you busy? Because see, here's what happened. In all of it that I just talked about, during that day, you never said a prayer to God. You never took time to sit aside and read God's Word anywhere. time in the morning, during the day. And in two days' time, the devil has already caused us to backslide. Already. Spiritual warfare. Don't tell me there's no such thing as spiritual warfare. This is how the devil comes in Slowly but surely creeping in. He's not roaring. He's creeping in. And backsliding's not just coming to the church. Oh, they're backslidden. They're not here in six weeks. Back, listen, backslidden people are from tired, exhausted, spiritual warfare. Backslidden people are in church every Sunday. Amen? As long as you think everything's about you, you're always going to be tired. I had to realize that about this church. If, 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 if This church isn't about me. I'd be one tired, exhausted puppy. Amen? And it's not about me. It's about a church that God's trying to raise up has got gifts here and gifts here and gifts here. And the only way that you can fight this type of spiritual warfare is you just got to be obedient to God. Because that's the most thing the devil wants you to do is not to be obedient. Amen? wants us to be, you say, I don't know how to win this spiritual warfare. Just be obedient to Jesus. Because I'm tired. and because and, and, and How many of you ever think this next week or even last week you left out of here thinking it was all about you at some time during the week? It had to happen because you got to do this. I've got to buy this. I've got to get this done. Man, y'all, I'll raise my hand. Because sometimes I think it's all about me. And it's not. That's when I quit trusting in Jesus Christ and quit faithfully obeying Him that I start feeling like it's about me. He says, George, it's never been about you. If you'll just put your faith and trust in me. How many of y'all lay in bed at night worrying about something that's going to happen and it ain't really happened yet? You've already played it out in your mind. You already know what's going to happen. You know, whether it's a situation or an event that's happening the next day, you're laying in bed, you're worried about it, your anxiety, you're just tossing and turning. The devil's, it's a spiritual warfare. He says, if I can't get you to trust Jesus, I'm going to blow your mind and you're going to trust yourself. I'm going to give you some spiritual. See, the very first deal is when we, we, we don't trust Jesus with that situation. The devil does not want us to have rest. Rest in our souls. How many of y'all feel like you need rest right now? If I was really true in here, there's a lot of exhausted and tired people. And it's not because of ministry at church. That's just a cop-out. It's because we got tons of hobbies and everything else going that... All the hours in a week, we're only really if we really milked it down, we're only serving God just a few hours. It's all them other hours that are killing us. Because worldly things, Wanda, will never satisfy us. And as long as we keep taking worldly things and going after worldly things, I'll be back, Jesus. And chase worldly things, I'll be back, Jesus. We'll never have peace Enjoy and really understand what it means to fellowship with Jesus. We always have ministry here, and I, and I told my class this morning, God wants us to do ministry, but you've got to have balance. It's called spirit and truth. Leonard Ravenhill said, if you have all spirit, you'll blow up. If you have all truth, you'll dry up. But if you have both, you'll grow up. We can't have a church that's just all spirit and no word. And believe me, I love the Holy Spirit. I love how He moves. But we can't just come here and saying, if I don't get goosebumps, it wasn't a good service. God moves and He touches, don't get me wrong. But also, this isn't gonna be turned in listen, this church isn't gonna be turned into a teaching seminary we got classes here and classes for this and classes for that but we never acknowledge the Spirit He never empowers us He never anoints us He never drives us but we got to have another study if I don't make it Sunday night to that study we ain't even lived out what's been preached today what is the Spirit we ain't even been obedient to the last thing that the Spirit spoke to us and most of us are saying, if I just how many of than this, I can't wait for Sunday to get here? <laughs> Amen. And, 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 and really, God does some great things, and when we meet as a body to solid to make us more solid for next week. But listen, the Holy Spirit's indwelt inside of you. You don't have to wait till Sunday maybe that's our problem you've been battling the devil all week in warfare saying Sunday come on Sunday come on and Jesus says I give you armor put it on and fight the fight what he's really saying is get your own faith quit living off of Brother George's or the person I give you you got faith grow up in it and quit going back to the same old junk you come from Amen. I hate that. Bunch of whiners. It's my mom and daddy. They never brought me in church. Well, you don't know how I am the way I am. Well, you're 73 years old. Grow up! Yeah. Right. Amen. You're 55 and still whining. Right. I can understand if you're still in the house and you had a mom and dad and didn't have a choice. You're a grown-up. Get over it and fight the fight. It's your own faith. Well, you don't know what that last church did to me. There you go. Well, you don't know what the church before that did either. And you don't know what the church did for that when we first got married. You don't know what the church did to me and my wife and our kids when we first got married. When I was growing up, we had the meanest old deacon. You don't know what he said to my mom and dad on the way out. My dad said he'd never come back to church, and I just took that as my philosophy. And so that's the way I live my life. You know what you've been doing? You've been religious, but you don't have a relationship. Amen? It's not about you, honey, boo-boo. That's what the devil wants this all to be about is you. Amen? I'm the one being hurt. I'm the one that don't get this. I'm the one that's underprivileged. And the devil's going, keep saying it because the more you say it, I know you won't be obedient and trust Jesus. And long as he can keep you in that mode and depressed and tired and exhausted, and and you're no good and you'll never amount to nothing. They don't love you at that church. Why that church don't love that church down there? They're just a bunch of hypocrites anyway. Start telling the devil. I know it. They're full of them. But you buy their food at Walmart and they're full of them. You go to the dollar store, they're full of them. I'm not going to charge down there, my hypocrites. Well, you'll starve. Don't go to Walmart then. You ain't going to be wearing them fancy clothes. Don't go to jeans and java. They're full of them. And don't tell her I said that. Don't go to Sears. Don't even go out and eat no more. They're full of them. See how crazy that is. The devil gets us in spiritual warfare, and he makes it all about me. Listen, church, we need to fight for something. Amen. Let me ask you today: Do you have something that 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 you got to fight for spiritually? Oh, I really am talking about Bill Jordan. I, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. No, listen. you got to fight for something. Listen, if you're going to get what you have sometimes spiritually, you've got to fight the devil for it. I'm not talking about fighting your neighbor, your husband, your wife. That's crazy. I'm talking about you've got a spiritual battle that you've got to stand upon that rock that Jesus Christ set you on. And sometimes you got to fight for it. Because people are going to say stuff about you. If you are on fire and excited for Jesus, the devil's going to use somebody in your family on your job to hurt your feelings. <laughs> How many of has ever happened to you? Be honest. Got your feelings hurt because you was on fire for Jesus. The devil will use other people in spiritual warfare. To keep you down. To keep this church down. But listen, we don't just come here on Sundays just to come on Sundays. We don't come on Wednesday nights just to come on Wednesday nights. We don't come to men's fellowship and women's ministry and have dinners and devotionals and just to be doing it because it sounds good. We don't feed down Samaritan Ministries or the hospital on Thursdays. We don't do Sunday school and have all the teachers in gospel project on Wednesday night and just oh, we don't do it just to fill a time slot. We don't have a praise team that practices on Wednesdays and during the week and just so they can sing on Sundays. Amen. I mean, they're good. I love hearing them, but the reason we do all this is is to bring a little bit of heaven down to earth. It's in the prayer. Go to that in Matthew chapter 6. It's in the Lord's Prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, here it comes. Your will, there it is. Your will be done. That's why we go to church. That's why I preach every Sunday. We don't do it to fill a time slot. That's why you came this morning when you didn't feel good. Not because your best buddy is going to church, but because you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's just benefits because we got friends here, amen? And we all got friends and need friends in church. But your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man, that, that, that's a whole sermon right there. Your will be done on this place that i got to get up and go to the job every day. This place I raise my kids. This house that we call a home. This place we call Lake Hamilton School. This highway I drive 70 West every day. Let your will be done. The only way it can be done is you've got to learn to fight through something in spiritual warfare. Obedience will get the will of God done say, I don't know how to fight. Well, quit giving up on every little thing and whining and not being obedient. Or let me even take you a little deeper. Quit whining and here's what we usually do. We ju- I know, Lord, I had been doing what I need to be doing. But I'm not near as bad as Tina Crumpton. Amen? We do in church to judge our spirituality. We'll pick the, and I'm not saying it's about Tina. She's strong, but we'll pick the weakest Christian we know, and we'll judge our spiritual life against them to make us feel good. When when Christ says you need to stand up and judge it against me, the one that saved you, that went to the cross, that died for you, that covered you by the blood, when you accepted me as your Savior, I'm the standard. But we do that, we'll judge our... Men do it. Oh, I'm as good as so-and-so. He, he don't even go to half his boys' games. He works all the time. He don't care about his family. He don't hardly come to church. you don't, You got to judge yourself against the standard and be obedient if we want the will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we could open the portals of heaven and go to heaven, we would be shocked and come back and be on fire and be ready to obey Jesus. Because, man, I want some of that down here. But it's all about spiritual warfare. Amen? How many of y'all is in spiritual warfare today? Sometimes I get tired, exhausted, depressed, and I just think, well, and here's what we try to do. Instead of me just turning it over to Jesus and get some rest for my souls, here's what I say. I'm going to get to church earlier tomorrow. I'm going to work on this ministry, this ministry. I'm going to get up earlier, work faster, go harder. And I'll outrun that warfare. You will not. You'll never outrun it because everywhere you turn, it's going to be there. But you've got to learn how to cope and be victorious through Jesus Christ. Amen? You say, well, I don't know how I do that. I'm to, I love this verse. I want to close on this one here. Matthew, did I give you Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30? Did I give that one to you? Chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11. There it is. Here we all need the. This is what the devil does not want this church to have: rest for our souls. No matter your circumstances, he wants to use whatever circumstance you're in right now to weary you. you hear that? I love that Worry. Y'all didn't. I must be getting either. I'm saying it better, or y'all getting used to it. One or two. <laughs> Situation you're in, if he can keep you full of anxiety and worrying about this situation and get you to dramatize what's going to happen before it ever happens, the devil's sitting back saying, I got him. Because you don't have peace and joy. If you don't have peace and joy, you're not going to have fellowship with Jesus. And in return, if you don't have fellowship, you're not going to enjoy your relationship with Jesus. Then in return, when you start even getting deeper, all of this we do as a church body becomes legalistic and sounds like a bunch of rules instead of a relationship. It feels like I have to go to church. I have to do this. I have to preach. I have to sing. I have to teach. I have to drive the van. I have to go to women's deal. I have to go to the men's deal. You don't have to. You get to when you get rest for your soul. When's the last time? Just be honest. When is the last time in your spiritual life you felt like you get to do something spiritually? If it felt like you have to, then there's a bunch of legalistic things in your relationship with Christ. Legalism kills a relationship I houseful tonight if I preached every Sunday we're all if you don't come back to church tonight, we'll all die and go to hell. I could feel that I could get them back, Jerry. But you know what? That's legalistic. That's throwing a bunch of rules. You better be here. If not, you need to come out of a relationship to church because of a relationship and what Christ did for you, not for some man put on you. Amen? You ought to want to come to church whether Jesus is coming right now or 20 years from now. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy. Heavy laden. Heavy worried. Heavy full of anxiety. Heavy with tiredness, if that's possible. Burden. Burden. Just slow. See, this is where our church gets our spiritual vitality back. Amen? Because everybody in here is tired. Am I right? I must be right because they're quiet, Jesus. Thank you. I didn't hear one amen. I'm right on cue where I need to go. When I get worried, it's when they do a lot of shouting all the time. I must be right down where I need to go with this. Some of us are heavy with ministry. You need to back out of it. If we got to slow the church down a little bit, it's better than burning out and never coming back. Amen? I told my class this morning, church is the great... Jesus and God and church is the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. Amen. But if you don't have spirit and truth and have balance, and it, and it's not good for me, Tim, if all i got to do is church. I told Melvin a couple weeks ago when I got out, I said, it feels like I've been here seven days this week. She said, you have? I got thinking about it. I said, you know what? I was here Monday and then Monday night, and then Tuesday and then Tuesday night, Wednesday and Wednesday night, and Thursday I was here the day and I back Thursday night and then Friday night I was here and Saturday and here I am preaching again on Sunday. I'm blessed, but it's also too much of a good thing. The devil will use good stuff to burden you down with. And so we got to have balance. Come unto me all that you are laboring are heavy heavy laden. And I will give you what? Rest. Here's, here's what will bring rest. Most of us are not resting because we are wrestling with the decision that God is throwing your way. God is He's convicting and confronting us with sin that's in our lives. He's confronting us with other things that's in our lives. He's confronting us with, some of us are backslidden. Some of us are out of fellowship. Some of us are right where we need to be. But the reason we're struggling is because we're struggling with obedience. Just, Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. Just come. Bring what's burdening you down, that tiredness, that exhaustion. Whatever you're wrestling with me about, just Come and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. He said, My yoke upon you. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. Here's the deal about a yoke every yoke is made for every cow. There's usually a pair of them, sometimes there's three. It doesn't matter how many he's pulling. Every yoke is made for that cow. It fits that neck just perfect. Here's what happens when you start trying to be like somebody else or anything. You take their yoke and you put it on you and it starts rubbing your neck. It starts making blisters on you. You get irritated, crabby, blaming other people. Amen? That's why Jesus said, Take their yoke off. Take the yoke of the world off you and put my yoke upon you. Because my yoke is good for everyone. Because inside that yoke is rest. I can still preach and not be tired. I can still be obedient to Jesus and I don't feel wore out. It's because I've got to get my priorities and obedience right with Christ. Christ. Because the devil's going to use virtual warfare this week on you again. You're going to leave here, get it. I mean, get pumped up. I mean, preaching. I mean, a fresh breath. And as soon as you get home, yeah. it's going to sound like a bunch of poodles and a Kindle around the around your place. I mean, just barking and fighting and snapping and arguing. But why did it feel so good? It's because at that 30 minutes, I had rest. I give to Jesus, and I was obedient to Him. Guys, we can have that every day, every week we just got to give it to Him. Amen? Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, let us learn today that this fight and this battle that we're in has been fixed by You, Lord, because, Lord, You never... If we're a child of God this morning, You never forsake us. You never leave us. Lord, if I'm covered by Your blood, You're always there. Your presence is with me. But Lord, give us the spiritual discernment to discern this morning whether we're in a spiritual warfare. We may not have seen a lot of devils. And and there may be some people here that just don't know about warfare. But if they're tired, they're exhausted, spiritually, physically, Lord, help them to strengthen our minds. Because Lord, we cannot trust You being double-minded. Lord, there be some here that there's things in their lives that you're confronting about. They're wrestling with you. And they're so tired because they've been wrestling and wrestling with you and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I pray that through some way that this morning, through your Holy Spirit, through words, that they would just pick up that burden that's on their heart and on their life and they would bring it to the altar. And they would give it to you. And Lord, you would wrap your arms of grace around them saying it's about relationship. It's not about working harder, or going faster. It's about loving and being obedient to me. And I will give you rest. You can't chase the world in one hand and hold Jesus with another. You've got to let go and let God this morning. Lord, make that real to someone this morning. But Lord let us have a heavy church Lord lift our burdens this morning but let us continually tomorrow when we wake up and our feet hit the floor Lord we give this day to you I know it's going to be busy. We live in a busy lifestyle, but we still, Lord, You can be right in the middle of busyness. Pray without ceasing. keeping spiritual thoughts on our mind. Let us not leave here today, Lord, and forget about God and prayer and the Bible and expect to come back in next Sunday and just be where we need to be. It won't work. The devil's already got us so backslidden that we don't know how to come back. But I know how to come back because Jesus is standing at the cross this morning with His arms wide open. And He's telling us to come and bring it to Him. Lord, lift this church up. If there's a person here this morning that's tired and exhausted and weary, Lord, lift them up by Your grace and Your love this morning. love on them as Your child. But Lord, let us step out and be obedient. That's the first step this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone saying, Amen. Come right where you're at. If you're heavy this morning, do you feel heavy? Come to Jesus. Lord, I come. I confess. Is your that relationship with Jesus? Does it have peace?